Come Holy Spirit and kindle in us the fire of your love. Open the eyes of our hearts and see through them. Open our lips and speak through them. Set our souls on fire. Please be seated. I felt that, Joe. Yeah, um, gosh, I had a flashback to that movie Airplane. <laughs> Jacob woke up and said, surely the Lord is in this place. The Lord said, yes, and don't call me. Surely. surely. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that movie doesn't register with all of you, but if you've been denied that treat, go check out the movie here. <laughs> go check it out. What a wonderful thing. We're celebrating St. Michael and the angels, the archangels and the angels today, um, who we pray God would send to help us on our way. We have these uh, stories about people who are on, on spiritual journeys. And that spiritual journey is a journey to our true self. To the God, to, to the God who is our Father and to be the people of God who God knows us to be. Who God knows us to be. Nathaniel's been waiting for that. Jacob has not been waiting for that. But Jacob has this encounter and he has this vision. And it's a vision of an access way to heaven, to our, to our true home. So I want, I want to give you just this piece, and, and they'll get on with what I wanted to say today. But we have a, a concluding hymn today that really you need to know what this is about, right? And maybe you'll lean a little bit more to you as we sing this as our recessional. So if you can grab your, uh, either your prayer book, your hymnal in front of you, and if you would turn to hymn number 618. Somewhere in the 4th or 5th century, there was a... Syrian monk named Dionysus who looked at the scriptures, Paul's letters, where Paul talks about things like principalities and powers and dominions. And we know in other places there's this language of, of seraphims and cherubims and all that. And in the theology of the church, starting with Dionysus, we get this idea that there are ranks in the heavens of heavenly beings. And there are three sets of rankings, nine all together. Gregory the Great gives us the ranking that you see in this, and you also find this ranking in the writings of Dante later on. So if you're looking at this, that first verse, ye watchers and ye holy ones, these are the hosts of heaven. These are the ones that are right below Jesus, but above us. We have seraphs and cherubims and thrones. That's the first set of three. Raising a glad strain, hallelujah. Then we have dominions, princedoms, and powers. And that's the second set of three heavenly beings. And then virtues, archangels, and angels' choirs. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then us mere mortals, Keith. Okay. So when we sing this on the way out, right? Listen to the, the, the history and the theology of the church, drawing upon scripture, we have this hymn, right, that, that talks about these rankings in heaven, the angels being the lowest and the seraphim being the highest of these heavenly beings below God himself. Okay? So that's where that comes from. Um, there's, a, there's an ancient Chinese proverb, or at least it, it probably is ancient since the Chinese are probably a pretty old culture, um, that says that every thousand mile journey begins with one step. Okay? It begins with one step. Every thousand-mile journey begins with one step. Every journey that a child of God is on to their truth.
true self, their true being. That image of God in which we're created, our wholeness, our restoration, our being in the image of Christ, of being restored to that. You can think of this thousand mile journey. And it all begins with taking that first step. Then after that, it is the next step. And it's a thousand mile journey, one step at a time. One step at a time. Now we have this idea of a leap of faith, that somehow we kind of like, you know, I don't know anything about God and faith, and suddenly I'm zapped by the Holy Spirit, and now I'm perfect. Now I'm perfect. And you know, it doesn't work that way. It's a thousand mile journey that happens because you're inspired by the Holy Spirit to take that first step, and then to take the next, and take the next, and take the next. And those who have been doing this for a long time know that sometimes it might be two steps forward, and if not one, it might be three steps back, and we're worse off than before. But that's always where we ask for the inspiration to get it turned back around and get headed back in the right direction. And we have this day a message that the angels of God, Michael the Archangel, the leader of the army of God, is here to protect us from things that would knock us off that path. That's Michael's job. We've got Gabriel, the one who comes and announces to Mary and talks to Joseph, right, of delivering a message. Boy, when I need some encouragement, Gabriel, come and whisper in my ear. It's like that movie Rocky. Remember that? Rocky was always getting beat up, right? That's part of the theme of it, right? And then Burgess Meredith, right? That old guy in the corner would always yell at him, get up, Rocky, right? And that's Gabriel. Get up. Get up, Joe. Get up, Bill. Get up, Tom. Right? Get up. Get up and go. Raphael. Do we know who Raphael is? Well, if you have a Bible that has the deuterocanonical writings in it, if you have the writing. The, the book of Tobit. Tobit lost his sight. He has a son who's looking for a wife. It's Raphael that guides Tobit's son to find his wife. And he's the one who restores vision to Tobit. That's why we, in, our, in our, our first hymn today, we, we hear about Raphael, the healer. The healer. We have all those angels helping us. Because it's a thousand mile journey to our true self. To our whole selves. And God sees all of that whole time, even if we don't know it. So we've got these characters that we hear about today, Jacob and Nathaniel. And I think in both of these, you know, we were, we we're supposed to think in some way about, well, how am I like Jacob? How was I like Jacob? How do I think I'm like Nathaniel? Because both of them are inspired to continue that journey. The story of Jacob, if you, if you remember that, he's a twin. He grabbed his, his brother's heel and usurped his brother's position from the very beginning. He's a twin. And then later on, when his brother comes in from the field, his brother's not the brightest ball. <laughs> and his brother comes in and he goes, give me some of that stuff. I'm about to starve to death. And, and Jacob says, well, give me your birthright. And he goes, yeah, sure, whatever. Takes advantage of his brother's weakness and takes his birthright. Then he schemes with his mom to go in and convince his dad, Isaac, whose eyesight is not so good, and maybe he's more like Esau than he is Jacob, if you know what I mean. 
And Isaac blesses Jacob instead of Esau. And now Esau is out for revenge. Mom creates this comfort story. Jacob's got to go home and get a daughter, I mean, get a wife from, you know, from, from his ancestral home. And so we have got a nice cover story for Jacob to leave. Really, it's about Esau not killing his brother now because of this. Jacob is conniving. He's a liar. He's a cheat. He steals. He might sound like people we know. <laughs> he might remind us something of ourselves, but we're just kind of not always the best people we should be. And that's Jacob. <clears throat> and he finds himself in a wilderness. He's on the run. It's like people running from their problems. I just want to run from my problems. I want to run away. And he's out in the wilderness and he stops in this place that he doesn't know. And he has this dream and this vision. And he has this dream of a, of a ladder and these angels that are ascending and descending on this, this ladder from earth to heaven. And I, I think about that and I go, okay, what do angels have? Wings. What do they need a ladder for? <coughs> Why would we need that for? It doesn't make sense. Because it's not about them. It's not about them. That ladder is for Jacob. It's, it's for Jacob to see that there is there's the possibility of, of encountering God and, and being shaped by God. And one step at a time along that thousand mile journey, you make it up that ladder one rung at a time. See what happens sometimes when you're climbing a flip-flop. Sometimes you fall. Sometimes you fall. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you fall from the ladder. And boy, that can hurt, can it? Yes, it can. Yes, it can. Okay? And sometimes when you climb really high and you slip, you can fall pretty far. Okay? Right? And sometimes that happens to us in our spiritual journey, that we fall off the ladder. We lose the path. We hear about this war in heaven where there's this thing that is seeking to destroy us, and we need Michael to come and save us from being pushed off the path or pushed off the ladder <laughs> by these things that don't want us to be our true selves. You get all this? And Jacob wakes up and goes, I didn't know. I didn't know God was here. He doesn't even know who God is. That's his starting point. Because God has to introduce himself. I am the God of your father Abraham and your father Isaac. I'm that person. Because Jacob doesn't even know who God is. But God knows who Jacob is. Now Jacob's going to make his way all the way to, to his mother's home, to Rebecca's home, where he's supposed to go and get himself a wife. Remember how that turns out? Well, you know, I'm on the custom army. You can't just come in and take one of her women. You have to work for a while, pay for her, rent a home. <laughs> Seven years to pay her off. Okay. Anthropologists call that bride service. Doing his bride service. And then it finally comes after seven years of service, comes to that wedding night, and he wakes up the next day, and it's not Rachel, is it? No. You see, he got knocked off his ladder. The trickster got tricked. But he really wants that other woman. So Laban, right? It's just like, I mean, this is just like family tradition. It's his uncle, right? Who's doing in what he did to his brother. Don't worry, he 
14 years in exile, crossing the wilderness and being exiled from your home, wanting to go back. 14 years. See, sometimes, right, that, that spiritual journey, right, that thousand-mile journey that we do one step at a time, it can take a long time and take us into some strange, strange places. And that's Jacob. But you remember when he comes back? Right? He comes back, he, he crosses this river, and he's met by this angelic being, and he, and he wrestles with him and says, give me, give me a blessing before the sun comes up. And that angelic being, like, pops him in the hip and knocks his hip out. Now you will limp. And we will know you by your limping. And he changes his name. From now on, your name will be Israel. Israel. He's a changed person. Because that's what happens on this journey. You're changed. You're changed. And sometimes it means that you wrestle in creeks with strange beings. That's how it works. And then he's reconciled with his brother. That is the story of the people of Israel. Those who strive for God. That's what the name means. The people who strive for God. This journey is about struggling, striving. But we have the angels that help us. Now we jump to this lovely story in the gospel about Jesus traveling along. And there's this person, Nathaniel. The different person. Nathaniel's a smart guy. Well educated. But studying under the fig tree. And thinks he knows something. Sounds like an Episcopalian. <laughs> thinks he knows something. Because he's been studying. Because when Philip comes to him and says, we found the Messiah. He goes, oh yeah, where? Where's he from? You go, oh. Joseph? The son of Joseph? The, the carpenter from, from Murphy? <laughs> And all of us good Episcopalians know nothing good <laughs> comes out of, right? And you go, well, okay, Nathaniel's got some bigotry, doesn't he? Isn't he biased? He thinks he knows, but he's just biased. He thinks he already has the story, but he doesn't. But he doesn't. But when Jesus comes to him and says, oh, look, an Israelite in whom there is no God, who's he being contrasted with? Jacob. Right? They make nice bookends. Jacob and Daniel. Both of them on journeys, though. Both of them becoming what God calls them to become. And Nathaniel, when Jesus says, I saw you, it's just an affirmation that no matter where we are in our journey, God sees us. Whether we're lost in the wilderness, running from our troubles, fighting with our siblings, stealing from people, whatever it is we're doing, God sees us in that and does not abandon us, but sends angels to lead us in the right path. And here's Nathaniel, you know, oh, how did you get to know me? I saw you under the tree. Oh my, you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God, the King of Israel. He had all the answers, didn't he? He knew everything. Put that guy in charge of Sunday school. <laughs> and if you know that much, you're pretty much done, right? He's got his PhD in biblical theology, right? He is done. He knows everything. And what does Jesus say to him in his great wisdom? 
Jesus looks at Nathaniel and goes, oh, you think this is something? You see something great from this, because the journey is not over. It is not over. Well, think of all the stories you remember of what happens in the ministry of Jesus following the call of the disciples. You remember stories about the transfiguration, right, and it's Peter, James, and John, right, and other things they do where they go and they heal you know, Simon's mother-in-law, right? Now, where's Nathaniel with all this? Can you think of one single story? He reappears all the way at the end of the gospel. You get him at the beginning where he thinks he knows everything. And Jesus says, come on, not done with you yet. You'll see greater things than this. And the next time you hear Nathaniel, the next time you read his name, it's Easter morning. The disciples have gone fishing. Because fishing on a Sunday morning, someone's like, oh, that, that is a good thing to do. And he's gone fishing with Peter and all that, and Jesus shows up on that lake saw with grilled fish for breakfast. And when Jesus said to Nathaniel, you think you know everything? You'll see greater things than this? What do you think he was talking about? The resurrection. I'm not done with you yet, Nathaniel. And God is not done with any of us yet. It's a thousand mile journey that begins by taking the first step. And through discipline and discipline and determination and the grace and the love and the support of God and God's holy angels, we make it one step at a time. Some of us begin from the point of Jacob. That's my story. Some are perhaps ready to take the next step, and you are Nathaniel. Now, you know when the, when the new year begins, right, don't we do that thing of going, we're going to make a resolution for the new year, right? That's, a, that's kind of a, a, a common practice of going, in the new year, I'm going to lose 40 pounds, or <laughs> take up knitting. You know, or whatever it might be. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose 40 pounds by knitting. <laughs> Some impossible dream. Well, it, it actually turns out that this is New Year's Eve. This is New Year's Eve. Jesus would have been preparing for the New Year. When the sun goes down and the next day starts in the Jewish calendar, this is the New Year. This is Rosh Hashanah. The New Year. And this is a good time for us to think about our spiritual journeys as we start this Jewish New Year, the New Year that Jesus would have celebrated, of thinking about where am I on that path that God would lead me? Where am I on now? Am I out in the wilderness like Jacob? Am I running from something? Am I like Nathaniel? Do I think I got all figured out? Know that God has God's eyes on you in this New Year. May God's holy angels bless you as you set out once again in this new year to become the angel that God wants you to be. Amen. Amen. Amen.